Hello, my name is John Barley from Right Track New Zealand Limited. Today we're talking to an old friend and acquaintance and a business associate of mine by the name of Viren Gumba. Viren specializes in mindfulness. And I've known Viren for approximately um, what must be 10 years, Viren, I would okay. think. Yeah. And, uh, and we actually created our friendship and uh, connection through a brief discussion in a hotel. And I said to him, okay, um, you know, I believe that quantum physics has an awful lot to do with being mindful. And then we decided just recently to have this podcast discussion and introduce people to the subject of mindfulness. And I looked through his CV and it shows that he's got a master's in quantum physics. So that sort of blew me away. But let's just go through Viren's background and what he's actually up to. Firstly, uh, and I'm going to have to put on my glasses for this because I can't read the small print. So uh, Viren is a mindfulness success coach, and he helps people become top achievers. But not only that, he's also an author of a book called The Missing Peace and Self-Love. So I'd love to be able to read that sometime. Um, he says here, with more than a decade of success coaching and 25 years in mindfulness experience, coaching groups, training corporates, and self-practice, he has mastered a set of strategies to craft his mindfulness success system. His work is with entrepreneurs, professionals, and driven individuals to achieve next level success, happiness, and balance. He has a blend of mindfulness, smart strategic planning, and neuroscience. He has a master's in quantum physics, interior design, marketing, public relations, journalism, and neuro-linguistic programming. I am fascinated as to why you have done um, <laughs> interior design, <laughs> but, but that, that's, that's cool. Um, so, Viren, welcome, and uh, I hope that we can shed some light on uh, people's challenges today and help them move past those barriers that are holding them back. Yeah, so let's start off with the, uh, with some, some questions here. What is your greatest value in life, Viren? First of all, thank you, John, for inviting me uh, to your podcast. Um, and it's 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 a pleasure actually uh, knowing you. It's been a pleasure knowing you for the last almost ten years, as you mentioned. And um, and I've always uh, been fascinated with the kind of work you do yourself in Right Track um, and how you are uh, evolving uh, currently in in this space as well. So thank you so much. And um, I'll actually definitely love to share why I did interior design. <laughs> Uh, that's that's something that's something that fascinates me, anyways. But yeah, to answer your first question, uh, 
what's my greatest value in life? Uh, my greatest value in life is a service to others. So it's about, um, it's about uh, I mean, we have, we have lots of values in life that drive us to, towards uh, where we want to be every single day. And, uh, but at the same time, uh, at the same time, there's always one value that's, that kind of really um, is, stays at the top usually, or is the undercurrent of everything that you do. It underpins everything that you do in life. And for me, it's service to others, as I said. So it's about, it's about building, uh, actually consistently building my capability and capacity to serve the people who benefit from my core services. Uh, and that's what I've been striving to do over the years since I, um, since I came into the coaching and training space. Uh, and that was almost about 10 years ago, uh, around the time when we met. So that's, that's, that's the top uh, on the list for me, uh, serving others. And there's a term out there, uh, which is, what is your big, hairy, audacious goal uh, in life? Uh, what is your total vision? And I've, one of my questions to you is, what is your greatest goal in life? Absolutely, uh, very important, and that's something I keep revisiting um, every year, uh, which is actually keep refining my vision. So the greatest goal to me is actually our life vision, the the key, the main purpose of our life. Uh, if we talk about it, so, I mean, uh, from I mean, technically speaking, goals are something that we we kind of create every day. For we would have daily goals, we would have weekly goals, monthly goals, yearly goals, um, and but when you talk about the the big um, hairy audacious goal uh, which becomes your life vision for me it's actually transforming global consciousness and actually being a vehicle a facilitator for it um, through whatever work I do uh, not just in my in my um, professional life but in my personal life as well so whatever I do every single day uh, with uh, with my own capability my own learning uh, and also sharing with others that that's what uh, I aim to use it for uh, transforming global consciousness to a, to a higher level. And it's, I would say to you, Viren, that it's becoming a very, very big subject these days. Um, and I've just attended a uh, business seminar, a course on uh, creating your values, understanding the passion of your world and of your business. And one of the questions was, what is your big, hairy, audacious goal? What is your big picture? Because it's that vision that is so much connected to your values, because it's your values that actually gives you the passion, the resilience, the determination, and the ambition to keep on going when everything else seems to fall apart around you. And you're so right. You put it uh, rightly, uh, John, because that's what we've witnessed as humanity in the last almost about 12 months, um, how things are kind of, in a way, obviously on the surface as well, but underneath, uh, it seems like things are falling apart. But what's currently running the world is our values, actually, uh, our, our, our love for each other, our uh, our uh, vision to actually uh, be able to support each other and actually uh, rise above this as a as a uh, as a civilization. Okay, 
And we're going to now move on to the subject of quantum physics. And I'm going to use this term uh, breakthrough uh, and getting through to the other side. And one of the things that fascinates me is that, um, and, and you're going to correct me, I know, but um, this is the way that I see it. Energy can actually pass through a solid object. It doesn't have to go around, it doesn't have to go under, it doesn't have to go over it. It can actually go through it. But the thing that really I thought was really cool was that they um, use the term when you take the heat out of the energy out of the ions, as an IONS, when you take the heat out of it, it drops down and then it can go through. And they use the word chill. And I thought that is so cool, excuse the pun, because it's actually, I remember in the 60s and 70s and maybe the 80s, people say, oh, chill out, man, you know, uh, be cool. Well, that actually puts so much value in that term because it's actually saying, be mindful chill out, use the energy, and you can get through this, and you can break through to the other side. So let's talk about that and how it applies to the world of mindfulness and how it applies throughout everyday life. Brilliant, brilliant question, um, uh, John. Uh, and essentially, just to uh, quickly go back to um, how you started this um, uh, uh, this uh, this discussion around quantum physics that energy can go around or through actually uh, solid objects. Uh, so, so quantum physics says that actually solid objects are not solid objects; they are energy themselves. So, uh, could you sorry? That... Could you just say that? Could you just say that a little bit slower? <laughs> okay, sure. So, solid objects are not solid objects they are actually energy as well. So, so what happens is everything is energy, whether it's a, that, you know, seemingly things like that seem to us solid or liquid or airy, they're all energy. So, uh, so in solid objects, what happens is the, the energy is more dense. So it feels solid, seems solid, uh, but otherwise it's energy. Um, and in liquids, for example, it's slightly looser, in terms of uh, its existence, and that's why it's fluid. Um, and then things can we feel things can go through that through liquids much easier than as compared to um, solid objects. But everything is energy, so that's that's one thing. Um, and obviously, now science is kind of, I mean, if you talk about it, uh, you know, ancient wisdom has told us this for thousands of years, but now science is catching up on this on this concept. Uh, which is very fascinating, and quantum physics actually does a, a beautiful job of it. So, if you if you think about it, um, when you talk about mindfulness, when you talk about our minds, our thoughts, and all of that, um, and we and we talk about solid objects, if we think that our body is a solid object, our brain is a solid object, um, and I'm I have to think logically about something um, because uh, that's how things work out in the material world, right? But what's happening is actually our consciousness, which is energy, is driving everything. So 
the relation between quantum physics and the brain functions, actually the higher brain functions, which is the consciousness, uh, it's basically in recent years a, a top subject of deep discussion from, uh, from a scientific perspective, from a philosophical and even psychological point of view. And one of the very valuable concepts is the phenomenon of entanglement, which is, which is that two or more objects can be highly correlated even if they are separated by great distance. Uh, and the behavior of one of them instantly influences the behavior of the other. Um, which is like, for example, if we just, you know, very, very quickly consider this particular conversation that we're having, you are actually miles away from where I am right now. But if I actually smile, that's, that reaches you and you instantly can smile as well, right? So even though we're not very close to each other, physically speaking, there you go. I like that smile. <laughs> uh, so a key question that's, just asked, usually asked in this context is, can, can our thoughts change the course of events and change our reality? Um, and quantum mechanics opens the door to, to the primary role of mind and how we should not only look at the visible reality, which is in front of us, but there's much more than that. So it actually offers us really great evidence that uh, apparently solid material stuff, including a human body is actually just clusters of wave patterns in a field of uh, cosmic energy. And cosmic energy field, that's also the field of uh, universal consciousness. Slightly deeper, kind of really feels like intense topic, but it's actually very, very simple. It's very straightforward if we put our mind to it. So if we can change, if we, if we can make a change and a shift at the level of our brain in the body using mindfulness techniques, for example, uh, it impacts on our emotional, mental, um, and in turn physical well-being as well. And that's where, that's where quantum physics and, and uh, mindfulness come together. And yeah, because one of the things that I have become very conscious of <clears throat> is that we have this thing called limiting beliefs. Yeah. And it's, we can't see it, but we have this subconscious um, action going on so that when we use words, uh, we immediately negate the action that we want to take to go forward because of these subconscious limiting beliefs. But one of the things that um, I've recognized is that if we, if you consider limiting beliefs to be the um, the equivalent of the sound barrier, for example. We can't see the sound barrier, but and the only time we know that it exists is when a jet breaks through that sound barrier and you can actually see it. But the interesting thing is that before that jet goes through, that sound barrier, there is an awful lot of disruption and turbulence that the pilot needs to know how to negotiate through to break through. And so it comes down again to this element of quantum physics having a huge impact on um, on, I suppose, the relationship that we have with our mind, 
but also the relationship that we have with our reality and also um, how we can uh, how can we break through by having an understanding of quantum physics? Very well said, and that's 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 another great example of um, that uh, breakthrough at the energetic level. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> so, what you do? Can you actually? uh briefly describe from what you do how you help people deal with that turbulence and disruption so that they can break through um yes it's um it's it's actually uh done at two levels obviously uh, again at the level of a visible reality and, and then at the level of that invisible reality that we just talked about which is at the consciousness level at the energetic level uh, because we we exist, uh, our existence is actually at both the levels at the same time, um, and both of them kind of have a, an interplay. They impact each other uh, all the time. So if I if I start to think, for example, um, uh, someone's actually someone's really been rude to me. They've hurt me by the words they used, uh, or they actually um, they were angry towards me for no reason um that's at the visible uh, reality for example and then i can go back and i can start to make up stories in my mind around okay how they did that five years ago as well and how they do it to others and all of that and then suddenly the level of story goes up to a level where i start to feel oh uh this i start to actually feel resentment towards this person for example uh but a lot of that is happening inside me right that person just probably said two words or there or, or the way they spoke were just rude, uh, but I'm my mind is focused on that part only because uh, in the moment that really gave me that turbulence inside my mind, right? Uh, so I have to I have to uh, I have to at that level be ready to actually break through that turbulence so I don't it doesn't so I don't let it affect me. So if that pilot really let that turbulence affect the existence of that aircraft, where would that go? They can't actually break through some of those barriers, right? That's what we want to do at the at the level of our mind. So essentially, how this works is um, uh, usually um, this this you have to really think about it from a personal perspective. Every every uh, we talk about business, we talk about work, but every problem that exists in business or work is actually a problem that exists in our personal life. It's not a business problem, by the way. Uh, most people think I have to just focus on my business and do. Take fix this, 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 and everything be all right. But actually, they have to fix things in their personal life inside their subconscious before they can actually uh, see that reality happening in their in their work life. So, so what? Um, how it works out is actually when we when I'm working with clients, it's it's usually uh, digging, starting with digging deeper into where they're coming from, uh, from their inner perspective, inner mindset, and what's happening, what's what they've been carrying. Uh, all those limiting beliefs that you talked about, the, the emotional um, uh, challenges they've been through, because that's not visible, but that's happening inside our inside our mind that's holding us back from a number of things, uh, and we are creating that hurt, that pain, um, that blockage every single day, in in whatever we are doing. So that's where it all starts, actually. Um, 
unpacking some of those things, resolving some of those things, and actually being able to to be be okay with what has happened. So, which is what we call acceptance in mindfulness. It's a very powerful concept. Uh, without acceptance, you can't move forward. It's just a ex little example. Uh, but then also, the, that's only that's only one part of it, which is actually working on your inner mind, uh, doing some mindfulness meditations, being able to calm down quickly, uh, resolving stress, uh, reducing stress. Again, stress uh, is one one kind of energy, uh, and uh, being able to process some of the difficult emotions on a daily basis, so they don't hold us back. That's one part of it, which is, uh, you know, more of a ritualistic part. Uh, but then there's other part, which is like the behavioral part, which is actually throughout the day when we are interacting with people, when we're actually doing practical stuff, re re reality stuff for that matter. Um, we go into meetings, we're going into, uh, we emailing people, we we having conversations with, you know, um, as a trainer, for example, if I'm um, uh, delivering to people, I'm training people and having workshops and you yourself having a business meeting, for example, we are, we are actually that at the behavioral level there where we need to practice some of those mindfulness strategies, being aware, uh, our self-awareness, our, our, our sense of focus, our attention, and our attitude, which is very, very powerful part of uh, mindfulness. Um, and then based on all that, taking mindful action every time that we have to respond to a particular situation. And so both these things actually contribute to uh, uh, realizing uh, and, and achieving our, our goals that we want to achieve, uh, whether it's in a personal life or professional life. Hope that answered your question. And on that particular um, note and flow, tell us about that um, businessman that you helped um, have that breakthrough. Yeah, so I've, um, uh, we've discussed that um, before, uh, John, obviously this person, uh, it's been also, I'm um, four or five years since this person um, um, uh, been working with me. And uh, so this actually, they they just met me at a particular um, event where we were part, we part of a, a, a panel and discussion panel. And then they actually uh, became friends and turned out they were an executive leadership coach. Um, and then in our conversations, they found out what I was doing and they decided, they instantly said, oh, Viren, what's that program that you do? This is what I do. I, I, I shared with them all the details. And, uh, and he, he, he said, oh, can I sign up? Uh, so I was actually blown away because within, within 20 minutes of our discussion, um, and I wasn't, I wasn't kind of trying to sell myself or something, it was just a discussion happening. And then, uh, so we worked together for a while. It turned out that they were doing well in terms of, their business, um, and but they were they had so many roadblocks. They they felt that um, um, that they were there was there was something some invisible uh, blockages that uh, that were blocking them from moving forward. They were working really hard, a very very talented, very intelligent person, and uh, working with some uh, corporate organizations here in New Zealand um, and. Uh, so they, they were actually a bit confused in, in, in a confused state of what was going wrong, uh, why they were not able to make that level of progress. That, uh, the, the level of their progress wasn't, um, it wasn't aligned with the level of uh, effort they were making and input uh, they were, that was going to their business. So 
So we worked together for a while, uh, uh, for about almost about a year before um, before we finished that that association, um, uh, uh, that programming, uh, that sorry, the coaching association. Then uh, within three to four months of our work together, they started to uh, see the un the disentanglement happening of of the all the confused um, emotions that we were carrying, and so there was. It turned out there was there was a lot of um, uh, holding back of of some of some of the emotions from the past, um, and um, and actually because they had moved countries recently, so there was another sort of level of uh, uh, challenge for them that they were uh, navigating their way through, um, and but all in all. It, it worked out that uh, because I mean, w as I said, there was there was they were themselves coaching others, right? Leadership coaching, but uh, for themselves, they were actually just uh, feelings were stuck within, right? So there was kind of a little gap in terms of the internal reality was was their external reality, and and that's what uh, I was going to help them with in terms of bridging that gap, and. Towards the end, um, the testimony they gave me was that um, as a result of that, uh, uh, as a result of that working with me, uh, they had the best year ever in their business. Um, so it's very rewarding when when we can achieve that kind of result with, with the field I work with. So how did you manage to make him chill out <laughs> and <laughs> and not and not panic and become uh, isolated in his stress. Yeah, so it's it's another. Uh, it's actually going deeper into, as I said, some some parts of what we're already doing. Um, I mean, I can say to you, um, if I ask you, you know, hi John, how are you doing today? And you be like, yeah, not bad, or, or I'm I'm doing okay. But then if I ask you the next question, um, really, are you doing okay? <laughs> then then you start to open up, maybe okay. Maybe no, this thing is not working. That thing not working out, and all of that. Uh, so it's actually something that we don't have to wait for others to ask us that question. We can ask that question to ourselves: Am I actually feeling okay yeah. about this? And what I need to actually resolve about this? How do you process this particular information that I'm already processing? Can I process it slightly differently um, so I can get a different result? So it's actually just putting on a different lens around it, uh, and usually. When people are stressed, when people are um, anxious, fearful, worried, they can't take clear decisions because that actually uh, masks the clarity, all that energy of stress and anxiety. So what we need to do is we need to calm down our thoughts first and then actually start thinking and finding solutions. And solutions are usually within us. Yeah, you'll probably know, I read just the other day, um, and you'll probably know the name of the individual that created calculus in that um, <laughs> the, the person who designed calculus designed calculus to work out a problem that he had. Um, <laughs> so we look at calculus and say that is the problem. He actually used calculus to work out that he work out his problem. Um, so, and I think that's where you're coming from is saying it's, um, don't look at the problem, look at what is causing the problem. What is the root cause? 
and also understand and a real big emphasis on understanding the symptoms and the signals that are around you in your life to see that root cause and then deal with it. Would that be the right way of looking at things? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's really one big part of it. Um, and even we actually have to have that capability to be able to see that clearly. There's something. There's some pre work to be done, right? And that's something where you where we need um, someone's help, right? Okay. If I'm unable to be clear about uh, why my life why my life is in a mess, for example, and I think I'm doing all the right things, I'm on the right track, but uh, but at the same time, that's my perspective. That's my capability right now. I can't see beyond what's happening in front of me. So there's something that I need to do to actually get more clarity on why, why, where, why I'm here where I am right now so, so I can change things. Um, so I say that clarity is very, very important by having that clarity um, about things, yeah. uh, which, which we call in terms of uh, mindfulness, we talk about uh, self-awareness. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's actually the, it's actually usually the missing piece in, in finding any right, uh, solutions. So in your world, what is your daily practice for mindfulness to help you be so calm and collected at the end of every day and just download all the rubbish that people give you? No, it's not rubbish. It's... <laughs> but they download their stress, their anxiety onto you when you talk to them. So how do you practice your mindfulness to overcome those particular issues? Yeah, really good one, really good one, um, John, uh, because it happens to all of us around us when we, uh, we, we're interacting with people, you know, whether it's in our family, relationships, friends, uh, colleagues, uh, or co-workers or, or clients um, and we, we come across people who are uh, with all the best intentions probably they are they're trying to do their best but uh, we still we still tend to uh, absorb some of their anxious energy fearful energy stressful energy uh, but we have to actually try and build a firewall around us that um, despite you know staying connected with them it doesn't impact us. So to actually achieve this, I have, uh, I've been uh, following uh, a mindfulness routine at two levels, which is, which I referred to earlier was, which is one of them actually at the ritualistic level, having following a routine, a ritual, a morning and evening ritual for that matter. And then at the operational level, which is at the behavioral level, which I have to uh, follow throughout the day. So my early morning uh, routine usually includes uh, mindfulness meditation, um, mindfulness visualization, creative visualization, and then focus activation. So I can, I can become more focused for the day. Um, and throughout the day, I keep recharging my mind uh, using an early reminder. Uh, I have got an alert set up on my phone. So my goal is to, for example, a goal is to work for 59 minutes of every hour and then spend one minute doing a quick reflection uh, and recalibration of my inner state and, and, and then use that one minute to recharge my emotional battery uh, with a set of mindful uh, informations. 
And at the operational level, I consistently practice and apply the mindfulness uh, principles of openness, uh, of curiosity, uh, kindness, kindness not just towards others, kindness towards me as well, uh, and non-judgment um, in all my actions and interactions throughout the day. Um, and I finished, I usually finish my day with another round of uh, 10 to 15 minutes of mindfulness meditation before bed. Um, so all of this actually keeps me in my peak state of thinking and performance uh, and keeps me charged. It's very similar to, if I give you an uh, analogy, it's actually um, when, when we leave home in the morning for our work, if we actually are not working from home, uh, the realities become different these days, but still in the morning we charge our phone. So because our phone is one example, one device that keeps us connected, helps us in our business and our work, um, but if, but if you don't fully charge it in the morning and middle of the day just loses charge, then you can't actually then start to, you know, um, uh, freak out and then, uh, stress, get stressed about it. Uh, so essentially that charging, uh, of your, your, uh, your technical device keeps you going. Um, but at the same time, we don't, uh, spend enough time to charge our inner device, uh, inner batteries. And that's something we need to do throughout the day. So when you lose charge, uh, and you lose charge on the phone during the day, then what do you do? You plug it in again, you charge it again. Um, and that's what we want to do with our emotional battery as well. With, um, <clears throat> with mindfulness, I believe that it's going to have a huge impact and it does have a huge impact um, on the health and total well-being of people within a business. But it's also, does it need to be a necessary tool and element within the realms of health and safety at work? And what are the benefits? Yeah, really good one. Um, uh, essentially, because uh, in terms of business, if you talk about business work of any kind, uh, there is uh, a range of risks involved, including uh, physical risks, uh, psychological risks, you know, um, and um, uh, then financial risks. So there's a whole range of risks involved, right? And uh, for example, I, I've been working, also been doing some um, uh, work with um, local government organization that does some compliance work. Uh, and there's a lot of um, uh, health and safety issues because it, it does involve compliance and dealing with members of the public. Uh, and for, for its staff. So essentially there is risk at, um, at many levels. So that's something we have to, to look for um, in terms of our, in terms of the safety aspect, uh, not just physical uh, health and safety, but of psychological safety as well. Um, and that's, that's, that's where businesses um, have to actually spend a really good amount of time uh, creating strategies in terms of risk management at those levels. And usually uh, the real risk management happens in uh, what you call a risk mindfulness, which is actually being aware of what could go wrong and what is going wrong for that matter and having a, re a really solid a strategic plan uh, in place to, to minimize those risks. And that's the, best, um, that's the best contributor to your bottom line, to bottom line of any business, which actually um, managing those risks at that level 
of minimization? So one of the big things that I see um, in the world of health and safety, and I'm not a health and safety practitioner, but um, it comes down to awareness and being mindful of your environment to notice the smallest of things that may not be a hazard today, but it could, but it, there is a risk that it could be a hazard tomorrow. So therefore, how can you describe um, the ability of using mindfulness in permitting people in the place of work to be conscious and aware and thinking of their environment and the impact that their environment has upon other people? Yes, yeah, so that that uh, that starts with, uh, uh, as you said, awareness, which is, uh, and which which obviously the the any uh, um, business had to uh, business has to actually uh, put in place in their strategic plan, which is actually uh, support actually listing very very clearly what are the current risks, and then obviously what they can forecast in terms of uh, those risks, but also. Uh, putting in place a plan for um, uh, for promoting more resilience, you know, in the staff, in 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 the workers, uh, in the workplace, because re resilience is at the at the face of interpersonal or task-related stress tr triggers as well, and it's also what part of vital part of optimal work functioning. So uh, that's something that is required um, in every part of any business, not just for the business owner, but um, and the workers in the business, because that's what contributes to improvement in engagement and enjoyment levels at the workplace. And that's, that's what drives the bottom line for any business. So, so essentially, um, what I'm trying to come to is, is a, it's not something that you create a document on safety um, and being mindful about things, and then then have this as a tick box. It's actually following that document uh, as your guiding document throughout whatever actions you're taking in your business. Um, and not just putting that document in place once for all, it's actually continuing to refine that document. And we've seen that happen uh, in the last 12 months as a result of how we've had to respond to this new uh, crisis uh, across the world um, called COVID, where we had to had completely change a lot of our ways of working. Yeah. Verin, it's coming to that point where we're going to, um, we need to close off, but um, time is so critical to people. Um, and it's the necessity to invest in that time to uh, understand what is going on in their own mind, but what is going on in their own world. Um, and people have a microwave effect. You know, they want instant changes, put the dish in the microwave, press the button, five minutes later, out comes this food. 
and real life is not like that. We have to work on it, you know? So if somebody was to engage with you, what period of time do they need to invest in with you and also in their own private time to start to see the results that will help them break through their own limiting beliefs and you know um, go ahead at speed your time investment is is um, very uh, uh, key and crucial and critical in any transformation you're looking for whether it's you know personal life or business life um, and everyone's situation is different so there's no there's no clear-cut answer to what you just asked me that this is you know you got to work with in three months you just see you know uh, 50 percent increase in your business something like that because everyone's situation is different everyone comes everyone comes with a uh, with a set of um, challenges that's very unique to them so yeah in general in general if you talk about it if if someone's really really invested i'm not just talking about financial investment they invested in terms of how they invest their uh, their time and energy into uh, achieving a transformation uh, they can start to see uh, changes happen instantly within days right and um, and essentially every little change i'm talking about little changes here i'm not talking about massive changes so every little change is is is, is part of that chain that leads to the the big change they are after uh, and change is something that we i think that's something we need to uh, we need to actually latch on to uh, we need to be ready for change we need to ready to change at the same time uh, and it comes down to our, our the choices that we're making uh, every single day um, because whatever choices we make today uh, become our result tomorrow so first we make our choices and then our choices make us um, and that's what we want to uh, really um, uh, kind of emphasize it more that um, understanding that uh, that change is key, um, commitment is key, and making the right choices is key in terms of that uh, goal achievement. So uh, all in all, um, there's no sort of silver bullet, uh, a magical pill for any skill, any um, for any success. Um, achievement. It's all about actually working yourself into it, you know, and being patient through it, being kind towards yourself around it. Uh, that's what mindfulness teaches us. And, you know, I can sort of understand why you took up uh, and became interested in interior design, because it's, um, from my perspective, I suppose interior design permits you to put in balance um, and peace and harmony into a room, but from a practical, real uh, perspective. So can we actually put somebody in a peaceful zone where they find peace and harmony? Um, can we do that? or? and create create our world um, to to put us in that place of mindfulness would, would that be correct definitely john that's that's one big part of it 
Um, and the other aspect obviously is actually um, the interior design of buildings we're talking about by what I'm currently obviously doing focus and doing and focusing on is interior design of our mindset. Um, and they are kind of linked. Uh, so all our environment impacts on how we feel and, and the other way around. Um, so yeah, you've described it very well. That's, that was one of the probably one of the key drivers that uh, pushed me towards studying design. Cool. Viren, it's been an absolute pleasure in talking to you and uh, finding about how quantum physics is so valuable to understanding mindfulness and also understanding our own peace and harmony within our own mind. So if people wanted to contact you, one, can they contact you? And two, how do they contact you? And what is the process for engaging you? Yeah, I have, um, uh, I have my uh, website, um, virengomba.com, uh, and it's got all the information in terms of how, when uh, they can, how people can contact me and, and why they should contact me and what they can expect, you know, working with me. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm very friendly and <laughs> very approachable. So, uh, uh, so essentially, uh, as, as you said earlier in my profile, I, I do work with uh, driven individuals, work with uh, entrepreneurs and professionals mainly uh, to help them um, disentangle some of their uh, mindset challenges around uh, success in their business or their personal life, uh, mainly using mindfulness. Uh, but obviously uh, it's, it's, a, it's a really good mix of uh, strategies that I help them with. And, you know, for the people that are watching and listening, uh, I would say to, to them um, that you're a person who puts people at ease very, very quickly. Um, you're very, you're not judgmental. You're very unassuming. Um, and you um, have great clarity in uncovering uh, people's fundamental issues, but you let them discover it rather than you saying, that's your problem. You know, um, because it's, I guess you guide them and you take them on a journey so that they can appreciate what they have found with you. That's right. And that's all, that's all about it. It's, it's not, um, my job is not to tell them what's wrong um, and, or, uh, or, or even, uh, you know, give them solutions because they have the solutions for them. I am, as I said earlier, I'm a vehicle, I'm a facilitator of, uh, of, change and I just empower them to to change themselves so so they work with me and then after that they don't need me anymore because they can drive themselves Varun it's been an absolute pleasure and I hope we can have another conversation later uh, maybe on another subject of mindfulness and uh, thank you very very much for all your time and and your um, and your consciousness Thank you, John, for Thanks. inviting me to your wonderful uh, podcast, Right Track, and uh, you're doing some great things yourself. So um, I really appreciate our association, really appreciate uh, your, your energy uh, that you're putting into it uh, and um, helping the world to change uh, podcast by podcast. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. All right. We'll see you later. Okay. Bye.